0: Have your Bibles, I'd love for you to open them with me real quick to the book of Psalms 119. I tell you what else I'm thrilled about is that I am the elder in the whole speaking lineup. How did I get to preach with all these young guns? Rich Wilkerson Jr. and Chad and John Gray. John Gray was my youth pastor and singles pastor. Did y'all know that? Before he was a big shot. He was my I, I had to call him in the office every other week and try to undo some problem that he had created in the church. It was a regular meeting, and it was wonderful, and it was so evident that God, and I married he and his wife, and he, wanted, he kept saying in the middle of my ceremony, hurry up, I want to get to the room. Hurry up, I want to get to the room. I'm not kidding you. I'm marrying him, and he would interrupt me and say, hurry up, I want to get to the room. So these are the kinds of people I've had to deal with all of my life. And I'm so proud of them, I can't stand it. Aren't you proud of the three musketeers or whatever they are, the three amigos? We love you guys. You are changing the world, touching lives. Psalms 119, one verse, one verse. Everybody look at it, one verse. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law everybody say open my eyes that i may see wondrous things from your law i want to talk to you tonight on the subject of acres of diamonds and this title you will understand in just a moment but it came from a true story and i want to tell you about the story there's a man by the name of Mr. Russell Conwell who was a world traveler and he happened to be in the Middle East and he had a guide, uh, an Arabic guide who told him a story on a long trek across the Middle East on camelbacks. This was back in the 1800s and the 1840s. This Arab guide told him the story that I'm going to share with you and where the title of this message came from. Now this man, Mr. Cornwell, took this story, put it in a book. It was not a, uh, a gospel book or a spiritual book. He made it into a secular book with great motivational lessons. This is back in the 1800s. It sold seven million copies. Before there was internet, before there was cell phones and computers and television, seven million copies. He gave the speech on acres of diamonds 6,000 times, took the profits, and founded a major university in the United States of America called Temple University. Tens of thousands of students go there every year. The story goes like this. The guide said that there was a poor farmer who lived in South Africa, this is a true story, by the name of Ali Ali. A feed. Every day of his life, he plowed this field of acreage that he had, plowing the field, and he barely made it by. He barely had enough food. He had an old log cabin with a fireplace. It was a very hard way to make a living. He worked every day just to have enough food on his table. Day after day after day, he made it by with a meager existence. One day a stranger came through and he told this farmer of how that this was happening back in the days when India was first having its diamond discoveries and they were having diamond mines discovered and people were becoming fabulously rich. And he told this man, he said, all you've got to do, now you know how exaggerated stories get, And so it was true that there were diamonds in India, but by the time the story was told to another person and another person and another person, it was embellished and exaggerated. The story came to this old farmer who had worked so hard and had really nothing. He said, all you've got to do is go to India. And when you get there, if you will go to a place between two mountains in a valley called the Valley of the Moon... You will reach down into a stream and pick up stones and there'll be diamonds. Something got a hold of that man and he had this dream that he was going to become fabulously rich. So he sold the farm that he had been working on. He hugged his wife goodbye, put the money in a sack. He told his children he loved them and he had a meager place that he had provided for them just enough to get by until he could come back with diamonds. He went off and he searched and searched and searched and finally, true story, the tragedy happens when he, in a place of absolute uh, hopelessness, writes these words, there's no diamonds anywhere. He dove into a raging river and went over a falls and took his own life. Now the rest of the story goes like this, the man who bought the farm, the man who bought the farm, hooked up the same ox, the same plow, in the same field, living in the same old meager farmhouse with one fireplace and barely scraping by. One day as he was plowing in that field with that ox, he noticed that he kept, having his plow stuck on black rocks. He began to move them and throw them aside one after another until he had piles. And then he noticed that every field that he had all over the acreage that he had bought, it had these annoying black rocks that inside when the, when the sun hit them, he said that they had the colors of the rainbow and he had piles and piles of them. And some days later, about six months after he had bought the farm, one of the priests in the area came by to welcome this farmer and his family to the community. And the farmer had been farming, and he found a particular big rock one day, big black rock with the colors of the rainbow when the sun hit it, and he thought, that'll look good on the mantle in my cabin. And he put it up over the fireplace, And this priest came by just to welcome them to the community. And when he did, in mid-sentence, while he was talking to the farmer, he noticed that black rock on the mantle, And he said, true story, where did that come from? He said, out in the field, it's different, it's unique looking, isn't it? It's pretty. And I thought it would liven up the place a little bit. And he said, where did you say? He said, out in the field. He said, they're everywhere. He said, you don't understand, that is a diamond in the rough. He took the diamond, and the first rock off of that farm was worth $25,000 in the 1800s. It was the birth of the world's largest diamond field, the famous rotunda diamond mines that today, even today, millions and millions of diamonds are still being farmed out of that place. The man who flew through himself into the river and took his own life never realized that he was actually living in acres of diamonds. You may not realize it tonight, but you're living in acres of diamonds. You can get depressed, you can get down, you can get discouraged. But the truth is, God didn't put you down here by yourself. If he has you somewhere, all around you are acres of diamonds just waiting to be born. Some people don't realize the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ that we hold in our hand right here today. Not someday when my life gets better. Not someday when I meet the right person. Not someday when I get the promotion. But right now, you're living in acres of diamonds. Somebody praise God for right now. He tells another story, and I'm not preaching yet. So just leave me alone. I'm telling a story. I know where we're going, and it's going to be fine. Another true story. There was a farmer in Pennsylvania who had a farm. He became weary working the farm. It was full of, he had cattle, and it was a dairy farm. And the biggest problem he had was water. It was a beautiful stream that flowed through the property, but the water was rancid and it stunk. It was a horrible smell and it had a, 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 a glaze to it that was gross and, and, and unseemly. And it, so he dammed up the river and he had to dig wells and he was constantly dealing with water problems. And Finally, he gave up, sold the farm, listen to this, for $833. True story, you can look it up. Man bought the farm from him for $833, undammed the river, and when he did, he called in the state geologist to check out the water problem, and he said, Sir, you don't understand. This is coal and oil, and they begin to process it. And it made over $100 million. And even today, the city of Titusville, Pennsylvania, has wells that are still flowing. That had, The whole city has been built up off of that $833 farm. I guess what I'm preaching to you is so many times we fail to understand we're living in acres of diamonds. I wonder what the prodigal had in mind when he left his father's house. I wonder if he didn't have friends telling him the grass is greener on the other side and life is out there and fun is out there and fulfillment is out there. It's not in the Father's house. It's not in what the Father can offer you. It's all out there. The life is out there. The party is out there. The fulfillment is out there. Only to get out there and find out after he had been used up and was eating swine's food Everything I ever wanted was back home at the Father's house. I was living in acres of diamonds and I didn't even know it. And I've watched so many young people and old people and middle-aged people who are raised in the church and they're living in acres of diamonds. If your name is written in heaven's book, if you are going to make heaven your home, if you have peace and and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're living in acres of diamonds. But the enemy will always tell you the grass is greener on the other side. And we sell out so cheaply. In the process of making a diamond, here's the problem, it takes time. A diamond is born only through intense heat and pressure. It takes intense heat and pressure to produce a diamond. All a diamond is, is carbon monoxide and coal that got under intense heat and pressure and suddenly when the pressure is just right, when the heat is just fiery enough, there is a diamond that is born. If the pressure is right, the diamond is born. Don't run from your trial. For in them you will learn more, you will become more, you will do more. He won't put more on you than you're able to bear. God knows what's involved in bringing a diamond out of you. And some of you, every time it gets tough, you want to run away. You want to go to somewhere else. You want to hop to another church or try something else or do something else. When God has you right where he wants you, he wants you in the fire. He wants you in the pressure. He wants you in the intense heat because out of that is coming a diamond. Clap your hands and thank him for the trials too. Thank him for the valleys, too. Thank him for the hard times, too. Come on, really praise him for that because that's where diamonds are born. Can't have it without the heat. Can't have it without the sleepless nights. Can't have it without lonely times on Friday night. Nobody there. No friends. Nothing. That's when the diamond is being born. Many are living in spiritual poverty in the midst of untold spiritual wealth. In every church, there's acres of diamonds. When I went to Free Chapel 26 years ago, we have a, a, a church, and it's a large church for God's glory. And, uh, but it wasn't when I went there. We had about 140 people Our tithes and offerings for the week was $1,500 a week. We had nothing. I had no staff. I had no music director. I had no youth pastor. I had no children's ministry. I had nothing. I had me and my wife, and she was pregnant. But honest to God, when I would walk up to that little pulpit in Gainesville, Georgia, 40 miles north of Atlanta, nobody had ever heard of it. I would look out at those people, and other people might have saw just some people of some old church, some traditional church, but the Lord touched my eyes, and I could see acres of diamonds. I knew where we were going. I knew the potential. Pastor, you need to ask God to open your eyes to wonderful things. We're always wanting somebody else's ministry and somebody else's life and somebody else's church and somebody else's ministry, but I believe God has me in right now acres of diamonds. Somebody shout up in the balcony if you believe there's potential right where you are. Right where you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why the psalmist said, open my eyes that I might see wondrous things. That little country church started growing. I'd get up and grab the microphone and say, one day we shall preach the gospel from these red clay hills of northeast Georgia to the whole world. And they would look at me, hazel. Did he say the whole world? <laughs> and you know, I even asked the Lord, why didn't you plant me in Atlanta? Why Gainesville, a little country town? It was then, it's grown now. Lord, why didn't you put me in L.A.? Why didn't you send me to somewhere uh, sexy like Sydney? Why didn't, you, why didn't you put me somewhere? And the Lord said, there's diamonds right here in Gainesville. And I don't need to tell you this, but the truth is that little place in Gainesville has become a pulpit to the world and we preach all over the world because I found my acres of diamonds and God has them for you too. You need to be encouraged. You need to stir up your faith. You need to see what others don't see. You're anointed for that place. You're called for that place. You are raised for that place. Turn to somebody and say, I see acres of diamonds. You, you can be seated. See, here's, here's what happens. Here's what happens. We want to be like everybody else. Israel said, We want to be like all the other nations. They got a king, we want a king. We, they got this, we want to be that. And they didn't fail to realize that they had, they had. The greatest king that you could ever have God but that wasn't enough because the grass was greener on the other side sometimes the grass is greener on the other side because the septic tank is busted have you ever thought about that We look at all these people, oh, if I had that, oh, if I had this, oh, if I had that rose, and that car, and that bling, and that house, and that mansion, and that, If then I'd be happy. If you're not happy right where you are, you won't be happy when you get all that stuff. I'm happy right now. I'm living in acres of diamonds. Don't have to have all that to have joy. Don't have to have all that to have peace. Don't have to have that to get up in the morning and say, this is the day the Lord is made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Somebody get happy now. Not when you make it. You're in acres of diamonds now. Not when you get the big contract. Why are you screaming? Because that's what I do. I have a license to do this. You single girls, you single guys, if I could just get him, oh, he would complete me. No, he won't. You're in acres of diamonds right now, and you don't know it. You can go home when you want to. You can watch whatever TV show you want to. You you can eat whatever you want to eat. You can stay up all night long if you want to. What are you whining about? That's coming. God promised it. Enjoy your life. You're living in acres of diamonds. Quit saying one day I'm going to get up. One day I'm going to feel better about myself. One day if I could lose 30 pounds. I've been saying that for 56 years. It ain't going nowhere. So I just finally decided, I am what I am. But I still look good. For 56. I I don't know what, I I feel crazy tonight. I'm telling you, if you got your health, you're in acres of diamonds. It so disturbs me to see people taking their lives. I thought about that, 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 that uh, fashion mogul, uh, I think her name was Spade, that, that took her life. I thought about that, that DJ uh, uh, Avicii. It, man, I watched that on the plane the other night. Uh, uh, a, guy, a guy who had the world, the DJ, y'all know who I'm talking about? Did I say his name right? He would just do his hand like that <laughs> and people just going crazy. I thought, man, he's really living. And then the guy would go back to the hotel and crash and burn and crash and burn. My heart began to bleed for him because so many people think if I could get this or I could get that, you need to recognize the dime. If you're in your right mind, you got a healthy body. You're not in the hospital. You're not in the intensive care unit. You're not in the psycho ward. You are blessed and highly favored. Tell somebody I'm living in acres of diamonds. Acres of diamonds right now. I feel good about me right now. I need to calm down. I know. Listen to this. Listen to this. Abraham and Lot. Abraham was the old man. Lot was his nephew. And he just kind of bummed along and became blessed from the overflow of the blessing that was on Abraham. Which is a real good lesson. If you're not blessed, get around somebody who is blessed. If you're not anointed, get around somebody who is anointed. If you don't have a dream, nobody had a dream in Egypt. Joseph showed up, the dreamer, and everybody. The Pharaoh gets a dream. The baker gets a dream. The butler gets a dream. All you got to do is get around people. This church has a dream. This church has a vision. And if you get into it, God will give you your own vision and your own dream. If you're the smartest one in your group, get a new group, hotshot. If everybody's still doing the same thing, you need to get around some people that that have gone higher in God than you are. When you get around them, the overflow will begin to hit your life. And Abraham was so blessed and he lot, he started getting blessed. the blessing was on Abraham and they had so many cattle that the farmers, the the herdsmen of Lot were fighting with the herdsmen of Abraham and, and Abraham being the mature Christian steps into a family crisis and says you pick if you go that direction it's the well watered plains of Jordan and there's that city that's all lit up called Sodom and Gomorrah, Las Vegas (laughs) and it's glittering, it's green, it looks amazing. If you go this direction, there's wilderness, desert, rattlesnakes, tumbleweeds, scorpions, you'll be a Bhagavan, you you, you will be uh, traveling in open air. Stars as your ceiling, dirt, sand as your flooring. You choose, Abraham said to Lot. And Lot, if he had any honor, would have honored the elder. But he didn't have any honor. And he said, I'm going this way. Come on, family. We're going to these green pastures. We're headed to the bright lights of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's acres of diamonds and here we go. But I never read where they found diamonds in Sodom and Gomorrah. He lost his wife. He lost two of his daughters. He had heartache, pain, lost his reputation, his name. But Abraham, watch this now. Open my eyes, Lord. Turns and goes into the wilderness. And while he's laying out Under the stars one night, God touches his eyes and he sees the stars twinkling and the Lord gives him a vision and says, as the stars are in the sky, so will your seed be. And then he gives him a day vision, and he says, see the sand? As the sand out here in this desert, he didn't see sand. He saw mighty nations coming, and he had two of them, the Arab nation and the Jewish nation. One came from one of his boys, one from his others. They came from the vision that he got where he was, not in greener pastures. What I'm telling you is, if you're in a hard place, if you're in a dry place, if you're in a tough place, if things aren't coming easy, if you're fighting hell every day of your life, God has you right where he wants you. He's going to open your eyes, and the birth of a diamond, the birth of a vision will come to pass. If you won't quit... Everybody take a praise break from the top to the bottom and praise God that he's working all things together for your good. You may be seated. I'm telling you that right where you are is where God wants you right now. Submit. Submit. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Why are you doing an internship over it? Uh, why are you doing an internship over at Zoe? You could be. You, you, why are you doing that? Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and in due season, He'll open your eyes. Other people, if they 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 can't see what you can see when God opens your eyes. Other people would have went to my church and saw a pitiful music program. I had like oh, I better not start talking. i have still got some people alive from those days. But, but 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 I mean it was jacked up, y'all. It was jacked up. But I didn't see that. I saw what I have now. I saw amazing music. I saw amazing buildings. I saw amazing blessings. I saw thousands of people, and God brought it to pass because he opened my eyes. There's a phenomenon that takes place in South America where the Amazon River runs into the Atlantic Ocean. I've been on mission trips many times down the Amazon. I've been in canoes and boats down the Amazon. But there are places where that river is so wide and so vast you can't even see from one end to the other. It's a massive, it's the biggest river in the world. There's a place where it all dumps into the ocean. Back in the days before they had modern technology to communicate, when a ship was in distress and ran out of water, They were so far out that they couldn't see land. If they saw another ship, they would go up high where the sails were and the messenger would take flags and he would flag a message and the ship was, there was a known law that they were to take their telescopes and look and see if there was a message of distress. And if they ever saw these flags, it meant I'm in desperate need and True story, there was a ship where the men had not had water for several days, and they were 200 miles away from land, and they, they, they couldn't see land, and they were thirsting to death dehydrated. And so they saw a ship, and the man went up and he, and he took the flags and he said something like this We need water We need water And then he would take the telescope and look back for the response from the passing ship, and the ship said back, let down your bucket. Let down. Come on, I'm working hard up here. Let down your bucket. The captain said he must didn't understand you. Tell him how desperate. We're thirsting to death. We're thirsting to death. Desperate, desperate. Help, help. Water, water. As the ship is turning, going off the horizon, it sends one more message. Let down your bucket. The captain said, What does that mean? The man said, I don't know, but we're desperate. We might as well give it a try. They let the bucket down, and when they let the bucket down, it was cool, clear, delicious, fresh water. You see, for 200 miles, there is a surge of fresh water when the Amazon enters the Atlantic Ocean, and it pushes all of the heavier salt water to the bottom, and there was living water that was flowing under them the whole time they were thirsting to death. All they had to do was let down their bucket. If we could only get people in Los Angeles to believe that if they're thirsty, if they're empty, if they're dry, if they're addicted, if they're broken, if they don't know how they can go on, just let down your bucket. There's a river of living water. His name is Jesus. He'll carry you. He'll heal you. He'll free you. He'll deliver you. He'll raise you up. There's living water. All you gotta do, is let down your bucket. Let down your bucket. Every need is met. People have had the answer right under their nose and quit. I'm almost done. I'm going to preach five more minutes, can I? I'm glad. I I want you to think about this. There was a thief on this side of Jesus who was hanging on the cross. There was a thief on this side, same direction, seeing the same thing. The greatest treasure the world has ever known is bleeding. He's uttering words like, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He was looking at the we sing about it preach about it. he was looking at the blood of redemption as it poured from the veins and the wounds of the savior and he saw nothing and he raised his voice in his fleeting moments and cursed the bible said he cursed Jesus and died another man same distance looking at the same cross and the same blood but suddenly his eyes are open and he says Jesus when you come into your kingdom remember me I don't see worthlessness I don't see a failure I see a king I see a king bleeding I see a king dying Both of them looking at the same thing, but only one of them saw what he was supposed to see, and Jesus said, this day you will be with me in paradise. I'm so glad. This is what makes me happy. This is where I'm trying to get us to. I'm almost done, but you hear me. Do you understand how many people hear the story, but they don't see it? They don't get it? They don't get it, they don't get it, It, and they die, but you are here because the Holy Spirit brought you here. You believe, you see it, therefore you speak. He's my Savior, He's my Lord, and somehow you want me to be quiet about it? I have found acres of diamonds. He's my healer, He's my provider, He's my deliverer, But most of all, he is my Savior and my soon-coming King. I found acres of diamonds. Everybody clap your hands and praise Jesus Christ, the Worthy One. As they come to the music, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for someone by the name of Demas. Do you understand who he hung out with? He hung out with the Apostle Paul, the man who wrote Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, the man who wrote so many books of the Bible, Philippians, and on and on. And the Bible said that Paul said of this man, Demas, Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me. He got his eyes out there when he had the greatest evangelist, the man who wrote half the New Testament. He certainly would have poured into him like he did Timothy and we would be reading and preaching from the book of Demas. But he got his eyes out there and he never saw the acres of diamonds. See, you need to treat these men and women of God, they're just people, they're just people. We don't... We, we, we give glory to God, but we do honor His servants because there's acres of diamonds. And when you get the right spirit, they will begin to see those diamonds birth in your life. And so I wrote this down the other day, and I feel like it came from the Lord. And here's the part of the story that messed me up. When I read the book. The man that took. The man took the same ox. <laughs> the same plow. The same field. The same piece of ground. I read that. And I thought. Of, when I get discouraged about my leadership ability in my own church. When I get aggravated at myself. Because we all get down on ourselves. I'll say to myself sometimes. Sometimes. After I read this book, if Chris Hodges had your church, it would grow. He could take the same plow. Well, if I could just get a break, if somebody could discover me. You're missing what I'm telling you. The more you appreciate where you are, the more you become thankful of the life God has given you, the more you begin to say, I'm living in acres of diamonds and I can't praise him enough. I can't thank him enough. I'm not thankful enough. I'm not, I don't have enough gratitude. I am so blessed. Everybody shout, I am so blessed. I may not have what they have, but I am so blessed. Somebody, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. But somebody's gonna take the same plow Somebody's going to take the same job. Somebody's going to take the same company. Somebody's going to take the same opportunity that you whine about. They're going to find a diamond in it. But you're waiting on the big thing. But the man who's too big to do little things is too little to ever do big things. Everybody wants to be a chandelier in God's living room, but nobody wants to be a nightlight in the hall. But the nightlights help more people from stumbling than the chandelier ever will. So I wrote this down, and I want to conclude with it. First of all, I want you to turn to somebody and say, Dig in your own backyard. And the Lord told me to say this, and I'm going to say it. You listen and lean in now. Lean in. Lean in. There's hidden potential in your present job. There's hidden potential in your current relationship. There's hidden potential in the location you now live. The answer to your dreams may be found. And before you make a big life change, looking carefully all around you, you need to remind yourself of this little sermon. I'm living in acres of diamonds. And I'm going to tell you what will happen. If you'll become thankful for what you've got, not what you don't have, for what you've got, If you'll begin to be grateful and thankful and praise God with joy for the life that He's given you, the opportunities He's given you, then you know what will happen? He'll start blessing you so much that you you, 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 you won't have room enough to contain it. You'll have to pull people over and, here, you take this. Here, you take that opportunity. Let me open that door for you. I don't even have time to mess with. That's when you're blessed. Get up on your feet and act like you're blessed. We're in acres of diamonds on a Saturday night in Los Angeles. We need to give God the glory.